Welcome to the Science Rumble, where each month we look at a part of the human experience and how it links to a recently published advance in natural sciences. My name is Simon Lichtinger, and today we'll talk about how deceptive birds defend their nests. It's the end of April. Let me take you to a meadow somewhere in North America. Fresh green on the trees has come to fulfill the expectations long awakened by gentle buds and gnarly branches. But somehow it never ceases to surprise after the cold of winter. But those trees merely line the edges around the stage of what's to occur. In fact, there isn't much vegetation at all to conceal the killdeer's nest. A little dent of pebbles and a few branches mark the spot where the bird with black and white stripes around its neck broods over its eggs. The gentle sun of spring shines peacefully, but danger is approaching. A red fox roams the area, looking for some tasty treats of the breeding season. If he finds the nest, it will be anything but a confrontation at level. A bird of 25 centimeters would hardly be a match for a full-grown fox. But across the wide open field, the killdeer has long spotted the predator. It doesn't hide, nor does it prepare to engage the fox aggressively. Instead, after sneaking away sufficiently from the nest, it begins one of those marvellous performances of nature. Trailing one wing on the ground while as visibly as possible flapping the other one up and down and waving its red tail feathers, the killdeer limps away from the offspring. A hungry fox could not forgo the easy lunch of an injured bird, unable to fly with its broken wing. But just before he comes in range for an attack, the bird lifts off the ground, healthy as ever, in a surprise escape. And the Hildeus act has achieved its intended result. The fox has been distracted and lured away from the precious brood. This tactic of nest defense is called the broken wing display, and many species, especially among the ground nesting shorebirds, use it against ground dwelling predators. But it's not the only destructive act in the bird's behavioral arsenal. A bird may very conspicuously pretend to brood in a false location to give off the appearance of a nest to a dangerous animal at a safe distance from the real one. It may feign exhaustion, and it may even imitate a different species. By folding their wings behind them and running across the ground, some birds can act as if they were small rodents, and thus a target of interest to many predators. All these techniques have in common that they don't seek to intimidate the hunter, nor evade its attention, but rather divert it towards the parent as a target. The parent, who by the act of flight is very capable of an easy escape. Distraction displays have been known to humans at least since the time of Aristotle, but perhaps because they are so visually elaborate, before the 20th century these were only descriptive accounts. Important questions have remained to the mind of modern biologists. How did this behaviour evolve across so many separate species? How does the benefit of nest survival weigh against the risk that the displaying parent might be caught by the predator? But equally intriguing are those questions at the boundary of what science can traditionally tell us. Do birds feign injuries intentionally? with some sort of idea of the predator in mind, or is this a purely instinctive response? And does it have any implications for the open issue of animal consciousness? Scientists from the start of the 20th century, through to the 1960s, interpreted destruction displays like the broken wing display as misplaced behaviours of accidental origin. A nesting bird which sees a predator approaching experiences two opposing instinctive drives, to protect its offspring by staying with the nest, and to protect itself by fleeing. Within a fear response, the partial paralysis of an injury imitation represents a misformed compromise between those two drives. These researchers argued 
for example, that a fear response must be crucial to destruction displays, since tame birds do not use them. A further indication of involuntary, accidental behavior to these lines of thought was the fact that many destruction displays incorporate seemingly unrelated behavior elements, for example from mating and courtship rituals. Few people think this way, however, these days. Since injury feigning clearly has a benefit for the birds that can be selected for by evolution, the survival of a brood, but also comes with both the cost of missing out on otherwise productive time and the risk of becoming a victor of the predator themselves, there must be a fine evolutionary balance to weigh these costs and benefits. This is further supported by observations that the displays are selective. Kildeers can distinguish between herbivores, such as cows and horses, which still are a risk to the nest, lest they trample across it, even if they don't specifically seek it out, and carnivores, such as foxes. In the former case, the parent flies into the approaching animal's face with a loud cry, whereas in the latter case, it begins the broken wing display. These are just some of the arguments for why ornithologists and behavioral researchers nowadays consider distraction displays to be intentional anti-predator strategies. But there are many open questions about the evolution of these adaptations. As for the widespread across species globally, a few hypotheses have so far dominated the field. Because they are only effective against ground-dwelling predators, which respond to visual cues, scientists assume that there would only be an advantage for those bird species which nest in open ground and are mainly exposed to risk of predators during the daytime. And because the value of a nest depends on how difficult it is for a bird to replace it, risky destruction displays could be more common further away from the equator, for example, where breeding seasons are shorter and thus the chances of raising a second nest are smaller. These hypotheses are based partially on common sense and intuition about the evolutionary driving forces, partially on examination of which species have been found to display the behavior. Scientists at the Max Planck Institute for Ornithology in Germany have now put them to a more rigorous test. They first collected datasets from the research literature, describing almost 300 species across more than 50 families, which are known to distract predators under the pretense of a broken wing. This includes data about habitat and lifestyle, as well as body and egg dimensions, all of which the investigators have broken down into simple numerical scores. For each of these species, they also picked a closely related one which has not been reported to the destruction display. This is important for having a balanced comparison to investigate the factors that favor or disfavor the evolution of destruction displays. The scientists then attempted to construct statistical models that correlate the broken wing display with other data about a species. They found that some properties are indeed strongly correlated as they had previously assumed. For instance, the further away from the equator a species lives, the more likely it is to engage in the destruction, as is expected from the shorter breeding seasons far north or far south. Similarly, the less covered a nest is, the more likely it is to be defended by destruction display. Some correlations, which would have made intuitive sense, were not identified, however. For example, the size or lifespan of the bird did not make a significant difference. Some forecast trends were even reversed, while it might have been expected that there is a trade-off which favours either aggressive defensive tactics, such as the mobbing of a predator by many birds, or destruction displays, this is not the case. In fact, birds which engage in mobbing behaviour are more likely to also use destruction than other species. One possible limitation of studies based on looking for literature references to certain phenomenon can be that of false negatives. While the destruction displays are very easy to identify, and therefore we can be certain that they're present if they're observed, the reverse is not true. Maybe the human observer was not considered a threat by the bird, 
or did not sit watch long enough for a dangerous animal to come around. The authors of the paper have tried to address this concern by using a sensitivity analysis. They assume that any bird which can use the broken wing behaviour would do so if a human came and actually tried to take its eggs. Therefore, false negatives are unlikely in those species for which the egg size has been measured, because that requires investigators physically getting very close to the nest. By and large, the trends found in the study persisted under this analysis. The research shows how the pressure from ground-based predators drives the evolution of the broken wing display in unrelated species, but that the precise characteristics of a bird, like its size, lifespan or size of eggs, don't matter too much. This makes sense for behaviour which has very likely evolved independently many times, and therefore would only broadly depend on the predator environment. This brings us a good deal closer to understanding the evolution of this fascinating behavioural pattern, but there's much we still don't know about its origins. Darwinian evolution works by natural selection for those random changes in organisms which confer an advantage to survival or reproduction, but the complex roles played by behaviour and the environment in this framework have only gradually become acknowledged over recent decades. The broken wing display might well have its origins in a misguided fear response to opposing instincts, but the advantage for ground nesting birds would then have selected for this behaviour and turned it into an intentional strategy. It's even conceivable that behaviour could have co-evolved with the bird's habitat and nest structure, and because they draw on the pre-existing repertoire of behaviours already present in most birds, destruction displays could easily have evolved by similar mechanisms in unrelated birds facing a similar predator situation. Unfortunately, as always in the study of animal behaviour and cognition, everything comes down to the impossibility of asking the killdeer in our North American meadow what it was thinking during its successful performance. But really, can you always know what humans are thinking? Can you always fully rationalise the origins of your own actions internally? There's a place in science for studying behaviour from an external perspective, especially if it's as intriguing as the act of a broken wing. Thanks for listening to The Science Run. The show releases on the first of every month, so join in again next time for some brand new science. Thank you.